everyone. Welcome to episode two of Melanin Making Moves. I'm your host, Esther, and I'm right here with my co-hosts, Bomlock, CJ, and Rochelle. And today we have a guest, a very special friend of ours. Uh, her name is Mandy. I'll let her introduce herself for a little bit. Hey, Mandy. Hey, guys. I'm um, Just to clarify, it's actually Mandy. Oh, sorry, girl. Um, only Go ahead. friends can call me Mandy. Oh, wow. Yeah, any special friends can Let them know. Mandy. Let so them Mandisa. know. Mandisa. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so I am a, uh, what What should I call it? In a pan-African cis-hetero Okay. 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 <laughs> I have a, I have a, a bachelor's in chemical yes. and biomolecular okay. engineering yes, by the grace of Simon. Okay. Yes, Capital B. However, I work in the finance industry. Let's go. Because hashtag visa. <laughs> <laughs> International problems. Hashtag. Uh, yes. I love the But you like finance, and right? I, yeah. You like working in, you like it? It's cool. You don't. Yeah. I, I pay the bills. You pay, you pay the bills. I, pay I, the can, bill. I, can, I can spend some extra money. All right. Well, girl, I know that you, I feel like out of our, our group, well, I mean, most of our, all of our group is really um, from international backgrounds, but you really be traveling, girl. Like, you know, whenever we were on breaks in college, you'd be out here in uh, Dubai and um, South Africa and Italy. Italy was a great um, experience because I think you went there for a school-related activity, right? Um, could you uh, yeah. could you tell us a little <laughs> bit more about that? Like, I feel like Italy's like a top location for all of my black friends to go. Like, I don't know what it is about Italy. To be honest, like it's not on my top list, but. Um, I don't know what it is, but everyone wants to go to Italy. Nah, it's just pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Right? Pre-COVID. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little, yeah, it's a little, you know, tough. Um, it's a little, uh, it's a tough subject for post-COVID. I don't know how many people are going to want to go after, but I mean, I feel like America's mm. in the same place, but I don't know how many people are going to want to come to America. Um, but yeah. Not many. <laughs> Not many. <laughs> I feel like world travel really is going to be on a decline for a little bit but um but Italy pre-COVID beautiful magical place um they say um for NYU they said it was like one of the best study away places that you could you know one of the most beautiful study away places that you could go to um so I just want to know your experience like traveling while black in Italy um what were your first impressions of the country I don't know which city you were um you went to but if you could talk a little bit about that, that'd be great. Okay, so unlike you, Italy was actually like on my top list, <laughs> like forever. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to Italy. Uh-huh. Um, I watched all those corny movies, When in Rome, etc., etc. Obviously, I thought me and Bay would be going to Italy, okay. propose what, what, oh, what. But obviously, that was not the situation. <laughs> that was not the situation. Still time. There's FYI, still if you're listening to this, Bay, propose in Italy next time. We already know. Nah, I've been there before. Too late. <laughs> Too late. Too late. <laughs> Lost your chance. Been there, done that. Yeah, so I've always wanted to go to Italy, but like, um, I don't know why, but my parents like never wanted to pick like European destinations. Mm-hmm. For like holiday destinations because we take one international overseas vacation a year mm-hmm. so like during the year we're like local or we'll go somewhere within africa 
But then once a year, usually December, we go abroad. So this time, you know, um, I was like during college, like I was like my last year, I was the president of like this feminist society, which is like exactly what it sounds like for <laughs> feminists in STEM. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so being the president of that society obviously gave me access to the inbox of that email. So, you know, with the current movement, everyone wants more women in STEM. Mm. So, um, there's a group that reached out to us called Italia Innovation. Mm. And they kept sending emails. So I was like, okay, let me open this email and see what it's about. And they basically were looking for um, participants for their two-week program in Italy. So this was more industry-focused. So I think the whole essence of it was to find out why Italy was so superior in a lot of the industries, like the food industry, Mm. um, the fashion industry, etc., etc. So like... Um, you know, I was really curious about that. And, you know, the program talked about how we'd visit, like, vineyards, how we'd visit um, different wool, cotton mm-hmm. industries and just see how things went. And it was specifically targeted to, like, engineering kind of students. So I was like, okay, this looks a little interesting. And they said that they were offering scholarships and it was in Europe for two weeks and during our break. Wow. Right. So I was like, okay, bet. Okay. I, I think I want to do this because, like, obviously my parents aren't just going to give me money to go right. to Italy right. because what is that? <laughs> so I need an educational reason to, like, do it. Wait, so, so it, the first thing Italy has a – they're good. So they're good in food and fashion, and they're also good in engineering. Is that what what I understand? Or well, – I'm not really – Okay. They're not really superior in the terms of engineering, but an engineering student would – understand the industry Mm -hmm. because of the processes they use to make their products superior so they have high-tech um you know machines they have all these processes that engineers have engineered so um it would more likely be appealing to engineers or someone in the stem field so this is during spring break or something you said um, no, so this was actually during winter break, okay. but I found out about it during the spring semester. Mm-hmm. So that's when I applied, mm-hmm. got my recommendations. No, actually during the fall semester, yeah. That's when I applied, got my recommendations, applied for the scholarship. Like, yeah. So basically for the scholarship, I just told them that I'm a poor African student <laughs> and I really wanted the self-education. <laughs> <laughs> just milk that thing. And then as soon as they read it, they were like, bitch. Right, they're like, oh, beautiful. diversity. Black. <laughs> Love it. Were it. Was it cold? Exactly. Was it cold since you went during the winter? Is it winter there too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was It was like the peak of winter. Oh I would say it was like, it was like New York weather, basically. Okay. Uh, if you can survive. Except it was not snowing. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's so cool. I feel like snow's the worst part. What do you think, yeah. people? No, I'm saying that's so cool. I never knew it was actually for it was like a school thing uh, when you went to Italy. So what, what were you actually doing while you were there? So basically, um, we were we had classes um, daily. So we would basically learn about the different industries, and they would target specific companies, and we talk about their processes and like their marketing techniques, and we'd actually do a lot of site visits in like you know places in Italy that you would not go if you were a tourist. Like, we went to so many vineyards, we went to farms, we went to, yeah, like, you know, the hidden gems, like, mm-hmm. this little cities. Oh. Like, we had, like, this world-renowned oh, chef oh. cook for us, like, a tailored oh, wow. five-course menu type of situation. Oh, that sounds so nice. Oh, and were you there with, that like, other so students weird. from NYU? Or is it 
like uh, just anyone? No. So they actually pick, um, they like to have diversity. So they pick um, diff- like students from different places. We had, um, I think we had one from Harvard, UC Berkeley, Stanford, mm-hmm. um, NYU, Pace. They had Brown. Um, they had Cornell. So it was like, I think there was like one of each. That was their target. So one student from each school. Oh, okay. well, that's nice. Okay. You made some new friends. And it's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's targeted for specifically American students. So oh. yeah. That's interesting. Okay. I, I've never that's heard about this like program. It was it just for your department? Oh or, or no, you said it was for uh, the club, right? Well, honestly they send it to a lot of clubs because I saw other oh. like club distros on the email, but obviously if you don't open emails then <laughs> yeah, you must have. Yeah, I'm like, who are you? I don't think what was programs? I don't who would would they have sent it to me? Bring it back, bring it back. Like Your expectation of Italy. I know you said you wanted to go there for you know some some time. Like arriving there, what what was did it meet your expectations? What was the reality like for you? (laughs) Okay, so obviously I expected fashion, food. You know, I was like, okay, I had my outfits ready. You know, me (sighs) pulling up with the outfits. Icon. However, (laughs) icon. However, I was more, I was met with a series of unfortunate events. Like we're landing, I was in the plane, I was looking through the window, I was landing and it was so beautiful. Like it just looked beautiful. Like I was like, wow, I'm here. So get out, check out, blah blah. And I'm I'm on the escalator with my suitcases. I'm about to go catch my train. Because I was going to, the first stop was a little city called Verona. Mm-hmm. So Corona. I was, um, I was in the last. Sorry, BTS. Sorry, BTS. Yes, I was going to Corona. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no, Verona. Verona. Okay. Yeah, so I was headed to Verona. So obviously I landed in Milan. Obviously. So, um, you know, I'm in the airport. <laughs> Everything's looking good. I get so I'm I'm meant to take a train from Milan to Verona. So I have everything prepared. And then um oh, I get to the bottom of the escalator. Within that five second period, my phone was stolen. Wow. <gasps> I remember this. I remember this because I remember when you lost your phone. That's crazy. I didn't know it happened in Italy. Wow. Five seconds. So I get to the bottom of the escalator. Yeah. Well, okay, so I didn't know, but in Milan, they have world-class pickpockets. Yes. Like, they, like you find no other, like, yes. that. like they're, like, wow. trained. Yes. Like, they can twist their arm. They can do this. Like, they can do the things. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> get to the bottom, and I look in my pocket, and my phone is gone. So I'm, like, easy breezy, just going to go to the police, you know, station inside the train station. They're going to get my phone, blah, blah, or they're going to help me. Get to the train station. No one speaks English. Oh, my God. Oh, no. So now I'm like, okay, what, what, what must be done? Luckily, I had my laptop. So I took out my laptop, and now I'm, like, trying to translate what's going on, you know? And then the person who stole my phone had the audacity, after they stole my phone, to ask me to unlock my phone. For wow. Them. Make it make sense. <laughs> yeah, how, 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 how did they ask you? 
Yeah, yeah. they asked. What? So basically, so basically, I went on um find my iPhone mm-hmm. and I reported it stolen. So then, after you know, I reported it stolen. They basically lock your phone, and for the person to gain, so even if the person restarts your phone and tries to delete everything, for them to have access to open your phone, they need the person's um you know if it's if it's reported as lost or stolen, mm-hmm. then they need to get that approval mm-hmm. for me to unlock it. And and through find my iPhone, I actually found out that this gent was actually in the train station with me. <laughs> And he was busy asking me to unlock my phone. I was like, Lord Jesus, make it make sense. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's wow. So lost my phone. My phone had the Airbnb address. It had the Airbnb um, login, like, you know, mm-hmm. check-in details, ETC. So now I'm like, okay, even if I take this train, what am I going to do? Right. So your girl made a ghost Instagram. And she friended um, her friend <laughs> who I asked to then uh, contact my parents and tell them I'm alive because I know my parents they'd be freaking out and then after that like I got some of my information back on Facebook so like many of you like your faces came up and I had to name who you guys were that's how Facebook Mm. gave me back my account they showed me your faces and I had to say who that person was that's interesting so after I did that I actually acted like I was a user of Airbnb and I acted like I wanted to book my Airbnb so I basically told her, I was like, hey, my phone's been stolen. I'm locked out of my account. Can you give me the information and the details? And then she's like, okay, send me a selfie of yourself so I know it's, it's real. So I sent her a selfie. <laughs> and then she, like, gave me the details. So fast forward, yeah, that little hiccup. I get to the Airbnb. And the little town that we were in was, like, smack bam with the movies, with everything you've heard. Like, little cobblestone roads. It was, like narrow there was like a pizzeria everywhere people on those little bikes those scooter bike things mopeds yes that thing okay we didn't grow up with them but yes that thing yeah so so actually like and we were by the river as well and it was like a cute little there were like little boats and gondolas and it like matched everything, and everyone was just so attractive. Mm-hmm. The women, the men, everyone was just so attractive. And I was like, okay, I'm in the right place. I'm in the right. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm attractive, but like you know, everyone was just attractive. And I thought that you know that was going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. So expectations. I mean, besides the air, you know airport part, were met with reality completely. Yeah, definitely. Like I yeah I would say that nice. the first day the first week definitely um in terms of expectation versus reality like during the trip um I will say something if you're black mm-hmm. please please note you're going to be staying mm-hmm. at yeah that's like because mm-hmm. unfortunately mm-hmm, unfortunately with the wealth disparity that's like in Italy and like the black people are the poor people. Mm-hmm. So when people see a black person who is not poor, who's not begging, who's like, you know, looking like they're okay, like people get really shocked. And there aren't that many black people in Italy. Like in the trains, like in the train station, in the coaches, I know that um, the conductors would come and like ask for your train ticket, but they wouldn't ask for everyone else's train tickets just because you're black. Uh, And you would see other black people being kicked out of the train because they don't have a ticket. And I had heard that Italy was racist, but you know when you're like 
you know, in New York and you hear America's racist, but then you're in America, but you know, it's not, it's not obvious. Yeah. Racism. I think European, they hear it. Yeah. European racism is different. Like it's, it's a lot more passive in the U S you have people that are, that are just like openly racist, which I think is actually better because mm-hmm. passive racism is just like, it just lingers and right. there's no, uh, no one is like proactive about fighting racism. Mm-hmm. Like, in the UK, I mean, recently there have been movements, but for a long time, like, racism just really wasn't acknowledged because people feel like, oh, people aren't openly racist towards black people, so there isn't a, there isn't a problem, is kind of the thought, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But that's just not the case. And so the passive racism is just, like, allowed to to live and i feel like that's the same in like throughout europe throughout europe it's just that passive racism which is just so like it's dangerous because even even like people that are victims of racism start to accept it because they they think it's not that bad but they think it's normal normal, yeah because obviously it's been normalized exactly yeah yeah i think and i i knew that i was yeah oh no i was about to say just like in general any country that I've visited that's not in the U.S., even the U.S., but I've been stared at. Um, even when I'm in France, like, my hometown has predominantly Black people, so people aren't staring. But if you go into, like, small towns, people will stare. Um, so this is, this is just a reality of traveling while Black. Um, and I think also noting back to the pit pocket, pick pocketing situation um i know that uh i italy i think is the one of the top ones but i know that like um portugal france is a big one like i think europeans just kind of have it on lockdown like how to pick pocket so no africa africans are pretty solid too africans are oh. go to lego <laughs> go to lego call them out Please. cj's like cj's like we have to be top one for some call them out lego. call them out there. we're also in the premier league of, of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> call them out premier league of pickpocketing call them out yes oh my gosh well the i mean i think we should just know that oh you know now that i think about it when i went to the congo my mom told me to keep my phone inside my my bag so yes okay so i feel really anywhere Congrats. you know you're valuable keep them on lock keep them on lock <laughs> Definitely, because my phone went from Italy, it went all the way to Czechoslovakia, (laughs) ended up in Yugoslavia, and guess what was, and guess what was the, guess what was the slap in the face? It was the day before we started school, I was sitting in my apartment in Park Slope, and I got a notification from iPhone that my phone was in an Amazon locker at the Barclays Center. Oh! Imagine God. <laughs> Imagine God. What? Wait, so did you get it back? Wait. Sold, so you right? got it back? Sold to someone else. Yeah, so guess what I did? Mandy being all-knowing, all clever, I phoned the NYC. They're useful for one. And I was like, hello, um, my phone was stolen in Italy, but it is an Amazon locker at Center. I can send you the location. And they were like, ma'am, the use of, uh, uh, like, for, um, lost my iPhone, whatever, find iPhone, mm-hmm. is actually for you to find the iPhone that is in the household when you have lost it. We do not have a search warrant to search uh, Amazon lockers or apartments. 
So yeah. He was like oh, the cockroach. Why we're not used? That's crazy. So they sold. So someone sold your phone. Yes. Even though wow. you can still track it. That's so crazy. Yep. That's crazy. So what, but, and then in the end, but the phone, so what, the, the uh-huh. phone won't work, right? Because right. it's locked. Because you can still track it. It will because you sis bought a new phone, and sis decided to just get away with like. I just decided to abandon the whole situation and just um, abandon the phone because I was scared that if they do, like, somehow jailbreak my phone, they'll have all my information. Mm. So I just chose the option to just erase all my data Mm. and just reset the whole thing. So in essence, they got a whole phone. However, I still managed to punish them for three weeks whilst they requested my password. (laughs) Wait, but did you? why did you have to give them your password, like, at all? I didn't have to give them my password. They just kept on asking me for it. But they never got it, right? No, no, definitely so not. So the phone so should have never when worked. I reset my oh, phone. when you reset it. No, okay. it does when I reset it, oh. yeah. That's so crazy. I mean, it was a losing game. Like, I was just tired of it. And I was scared that they were going to get my personal information right. if I didn't. Uh-huh. That is crazy how it ended so, up yeah. in Bark, like, it ended up back in Barclays. Barclays, Look at God. I was like, Lord, but, wow. we should have just given That's me crazy. the phone. But how can someone knowingly buy a stolen phone? Because you know it's stolen if you have to request the password. No, but like on Amazon, you buy it less. Yeah, yeah. uh, Amazon, like you pay. Yeah, sorry. Go, Rochelle. No, no. I was just saying it's cheaper if you buy it unbroken and then you can jailbreak it yourself. This does Uh... not incriminate me. <laughs> this right now. Disclaimer. This Disclaimer. Is- Disclaimer. Rachel, what kind of are you using right now? <laughs> this is from Googling. Uh, thank you, Mr. FBI. Love America. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, crazy, man. Okay, well, okay, well, Mandy, let's let's you know get some positive um, questions in okay. right now. Um, okay, so we all <laughs> love food here at the table. Um, FYI, Mandy, I don't know, I shouldn't be saying this on the podcast, but she got me this amazing cookbook for um, for my birthday, and we share this love of cooking. So I just want to hear from you, like, what what was that food experience like in Italy? Is it worth it? Do I got to pay this $2,000 ticket? Especially, especially <laughs> since, like, you're like, you know, we all went to school in New York, and True. There is literally an Italian restaurant every other block. No, every right. block. Right. Actually. Every block. There's yeah. Little Italy. Just right. There's a whole. Yeah, there's, a whole <laughs> there's a whole. Little town. Block. Exactly. Right. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna say, Little Italy is little. Is little for a reason. <laughs> um, <I got> oh. <laughs> the way you went to Big that. Italy. Got it. Yep. <laughs> the food Big was amazing. Italy. I think I gained. Mm-hmm. 8.4 pounds. Oh, Italy. Yeah, because all the pasta, right? All the carbs, all the carbs in their diet. Not even the carbs, but like, you know, I'm not a sweet type of person. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a fan of sweets, mm-hmm. but I ate gelato every day. It's I just, love it. I don't know. The so way that nice. the Italians, like, I think the difference between um, Italians and other, like, obviously other cultures have a different relationship with food, mm-hmm. but they cook with their soul. So, like, when they're cooking, they really put in their all. And when they're trying to design, a, like, you know, a recipe or, like, a menu, they're not just, you know, thinking of trying to put food on the table. Mm. But, you know, the passion that these chefs, like, would talk to us about their menus, they'd be like, you know, I put this because of, you know, I love this because, you know, my, my grandma did this and whatever. And their food is just good. And they have this, like, finesse about it. Like, they're very clean. And um, I think 
I don't know, you can tell when the seasoned chef puts things on the table mm-hmm. and, you know, you just want to take a picture, you don't want to eat it. Yeah. But once you eat it, it's like, yeah. Oh my God, I And bet. yeah, obviously there was the pasta. The pasta was like homemade. It was fresh. Oh, It was like the best pasta you can ever have. Have you seen the show? Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Sorry, go ahead. No, you can go ahead. Um, I was just going to jump in and say, have you seen the Netflix documentary, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat? No. Okay. Well, anyways, just that, it just shows this chef and she goes to Italy. And I think whatever you just said, just remind me of that show. But anyways, however, what were you going to say? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. However, if someone tells you that this is horse pasta, uh-huh. do not think that this is a type of pasta. Uh-huh. Just know that you are literally getting horse meat on your plate. What? Horse oh, that's meat. interesting. I, I ordered it thinking that I was uh, gonna be bougie and be experimental. I bet I hope um, you were. Horse meat? I would have eaten it. I would have eaten it. Horse meat yes. tastes Actually, like uh, beef yeah, that know. has expired and been boiled and been reboiled and tried to be cooked. And mm. yeah, is, I mean, is, I would have tried it. What is it? Is it chewy? It. Is it t- tender? How is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of. It's like the same as beef, but the taste is what like gets you old. Mm. So it doesn't okay, taste I'm good. Our, I'm already not a fan of beef, yeah. so this is probably not going to be good. You don't like but beef? I'm an, I'm an, nah, no, not really. really. You're not African, then. <laughs> I know. No, <laughs> I, I, whenever my mom cooks recipes mainly with beef, I just, not that I don't, okay, I will, you know, there's foods that you tolerate. Like, I will sit through a meal and eat beef, but that's why you don't see me eating burgers or anything all the time, because I, like, I can't eat it like that. Like, that's, it's, it's not enjoyable to me. The taste, oh. or just doesn't like go down nicely. <laughs> no, the taste. I'm very it goes confused. down great. <laughs> how can one not like beef? I know, I like, especially right. if you're not. I'm offended. If if, if, if you're not a, if, I, mean, I understand if you're a vegetarian, but if you eat meat and you don't Jesus. like beef, what's wrong with how? you? Oh, sorry. There's no cursing on this show. Um, 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 there's something that you don't like, CJ. I'm sure there's something you don't like. Meat, meat wise, meat wise, yeah. No horse meat. Only meat. Only. only, I have a least favorite meat. I don't like fish. If you consider that meat. But uh, poultry or wait, no poultry is chicken. What is poultry? Chicken, you just said it. Chicken. Oh, okay. Chicken. Poultry, chicken. Okay. Well, but, fish. Okay, you don't like any type of fish or just like seafood in general? I, ju- I just don't. It's my least favorite type. I, well, if like, you consider it meat, then I, it's my least favorite meat. Um, did a fish bone okay. stick you in your well, throat that's I'm yeah, it's fish bones. Yeah, it's, I promise yeah. that's the same experience. No, so you know he's African when choking on fish bones. You know he's African. That's my fault too. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a um cook y'all some nice seafood when y'all come here. Stop, y'all will. But CJ, the same way you feel about seafood is the same way I feel about beef. I will eat it. It's just on the lowest part of my list. No, it's not the same way because my, my. <laughs> My my dislike of fish stems from it, not having it. choking on bones. What's your problem with beef? <laughs> what? <laughs> hey y'all! Thanks so much for joining us on this conversation with Mandisa and her adventures to Italy. We will continue the conversation in part two. Stay tuned.